Welcome to a very special NL full time. Over the weekend, it was Mental Health Awareness Day. So we thought we'd do a little special podcast and talk to some footballers and football pundits who've been involved in seeing firsthand how it's affected footballers and themselves. So in this episode, we're going to hear from so in this episode, we're going to hear from Jeff Frazier, the BT Sport pundit, Ian Herring, the former Hunger for Town manager, and Joe Parker, the Leamington FC player. We're going to start off with Jeff, and I asked him to give us his thoughts on the situation. My worry is, is that the, the impact has not quite been understood or, or felt to the extent that it, it will be. I think that when we, we had our first lockdown, for example, I think it was um, uh, almost like to be taken as a positive for some, if you were lucky enough, because it gave you some time to, to, to slow the pace of life down a bit. Um, it gave us the time to reflect on where we're going, uh, what we're up to, and maybe what changes we'd, we'd like to make going forwards. Um, but as the, the 18 months have gone by, obviously some people have not been so lucky from a health point of view. Um, some people have had losses in their families, uh, which will have been incredibly difficult to deal with at any time. Uh, but there's slight nuances with losing someone uh, over the last two years in terms of, you know, did you get, say, say by at the hospital? Were you allowed to, to attend the funeral and things like that? So, you know, that's something that I'm talking about quite quite frequently as well. But look, if you want to make it specific to, to football, uh, the fans will, will, will know this full well, but um, sometimes your, your life revolves around football simply because it's the bit of shining light at the end of your your weekly tunnel if you like you might not necessarily love what you do for work um but you you live and breathe that the opportunity to be able to turn up on a Saturday and support your team and feel a part of something special something that you've grown up around something that was important to your parents and and family before them um and for that to then be taken away even though the football continued um, you know, which is something at, at least, you know, that would have been really difficult. People generally find change quite difficult. And when it's something unprecedented, when it's something that still today, um, you know, is, is shrouded by uncertainty, you know, in terms of do we are we going to have another lockdown? What will happen to football? There's that constant threat and whether it's necessarily <clears throat> in front of us or whether it's something that just niggles away subconsciously, um, it will be there for all of us. There's Life's not quite the same as it was, and there's there's a lot going on, and we're not entirely sure where it's all headed to, to be honest. But yet, fortunately, I say fortunately, I mean, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, you can debate, but we have our distractions, um, which, which do us a favour. You know, in that we can go to work yesterday and I can host BT Sport games from from various locations and I can um, see the fans there enjoying themselves. And um, and football is just something that gives us an out. It's what it's always been. It's even more of an out now. Um, And I I really hope for a lot of people's sake, um, you know, not just because a lot of us work in the game, but actually because people rely upon the game that we don't have to go without fans in stadiums or we don't have to see seasons curtailed again. It's interesting you say that about other distractions. I mean, I've spoken to a couple of managers who are part-time, a couple of part-time players who've gone, do you know what? I'm going to take a step back from football because I've realised family and what I'm doing is more important at the minute after this pandemic. It's kind of given them a whole new perspective of stuff. Yeah, I think football... um, 
uh, certainly from a player's point of view, you're always told that you have to live and breathe it and that it has to come before everything. And that, that for a lot of people will be the way that they've always done it. But yeah, for having that time at home, um, which, which regardless of whether you're a footballer or not, a lot of people have spent a lot more time with their kids and, and realised that things improve when you do that. Um, so, you know, it, it, it provides a, a problem for some. For some, it's like a great perspective that they're going to use to make more informed decisions. Um, you know, work-life balance, regardless of what your job is, is really vital. Some people get it, get it wrong because they think you've got to earn the maximum or you've got to work the maximum because that's what my dad did or that's what, you know, I've been told you know, is, is that's my purpose. That's what I have to do for my family. The truth is, is I think it's a, it's a, it's a balance between all of those aspects. So that if you can feel we all know what the balance is. I've, I've had to do it in terms of having to bring two kids up on my own and also um, bring in, you know, whatever I need to bring in to be able to just make everything work. Um, it was, it was never about doing the maximum or earning the maximum. It was about I think trying to be as smart as possible. I worked in daytime television for eight years, mainly because I could drop the kids to school, go to work and then be there at the school gates. You know, not, as, as I say, not everyone is as lucky as that, but I'm one small positive. The green shoots to have come out of this lockdown experience is that we got to reevaluate who we are in conjunction to, to our family's responsibilities, who we are as a parent. Um, and really just how much work matters. Um, and I don't think that football will be worse off for footballers that are actually a little bit more um, disciplined with maybe the the amount of time that they attribute to both. And that was Jeff Brazier and Ian Herring, who was former Hungerford Town manager. He was big on mental health. When he was at Hungerford, he, he tried to help out the younger lads there. And he told me a bit more about what he tried to do at Hungerford, his own situation and what he's in the future. People need to take it upon themselves to sort of every day to be a mental health day. We need to be, need to sort of talk about it and stuff more. With the pandemic hitting and stuff, I think I think a lot of people are in um, not very nice situations. Um, we do see a lot on social media and in the public eye about um, it's okay to talk and people posting my DMs are open and stuff like that. But when people are actually going through a hard time, it, I'd say there's a, a, a big minority that are actually um brave i don't know if that's the right word or, or yeah sort of brave enough and mm. to sort of say i need help um and some and it's hard I, I put things in place to try and try and sort of fight to give give me the opportunity to be able to go to people if i've thought they may have an opportunity uh, um may have so, an issue or something and um and i think that's a difficulty i think as a manager as a coach as a teacher any manager in any world of work i think your responsibility is is for your employees is their health well-being and their safety that should be the number one number one importance and at hungerford we had a lot of young kids coming out of the professional game and, and you, the young young lads turning into men all sorts of problems and stuff so I didn't have the skill sets but I tried to put which I wanted to and that's part of the reason why I stepped away because I wanted people into help that were professional in that aspect but I tried putting things in place where 
you could actually possibly, if their performance isn't great, but also they're not scoring very well on certain certain questions that were asked after each game, then then we could actually potentially go to them and say, "Are you okay?" And and when sometimes people might need that that "Are you okay?" to actually say, "Well, actually, no, I'm not." If that makes sense. Do you still get players? You've maybe played under before, or you've played with giving you a call and saying, "Lucky, you know, I need a chat." Yeah, yeah. Um, I won't obviously mention names, no, but I've spoken to, to 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 three or four in the past couple of months. And um, the way I approach things was probably um, a little bit different to what a lot of players have, have, have experienced before. And I think some would have bought into it, and some wouldn't. And that's with any manager's approach. There's always some that that buy into it, and some that don't. But no, I've spoken to four players um, in recently that that sort of ask advice and but one one in particular that's managed to get a move to the conference national that sort of uh, thanked me and stuff like that and and even now to this day it, it that makes me feel proud to have sort of helped the person as well as the player and just imagine now if you were a professional I'm guessing with what happened over the last 18 months that you know when you've been getting up every day going to training and all of a sudden it was taken away from you. Footballers have struggled to cope, haven't they? I mean, I mentioned it to Jeff earlier about, I know a lot of part-time players now who are stepping away from the game, just saying, look, I've had time to be with my family and reflect. But I'm guessing for a young professional footballer, it's been hard as well, hasn't it? Because all of a sudden they've had to stop doing something they were doing every day. Uh, Yeah, I think it's massively difficult and it's um, it's quite prevalent for me in the sense of, uh, it took me... It took me a long time and it was probably only, I reckon, two to three months ago that I actually got over that I'm not playing anymore, if that makes sense. I'd, I went into playing management probably when I was playing some of the best football in my career um, mm. at step two. And then I've gone into management, so that takes up so much time and I kind of neglected myself. And then when you step away from the management, it was like, really my playing career is over and that was all I'd known for a big part of my life and that took me a long time to get over um and I think when when players retire um especially from the professional game there's a lot of problems but and there's there's kids that that are up professional clubs they stay on a lot longer now because of the under 23s professional clubs are fearful of one or two slipping through the net so they stay on a lot longer and they might get to 22 23 on very good money at some of these premier league and championship clubs and then they can't find a football club and they're not training every day so um when that pandemic hit i think that opened up a few people's eyes and and for some it would have been hard but others it would have made them sit back reflect and and what actually is what actually is important and we can in the world of football get so how bent on success if you like what success a lot of people think it is winning but there's other forms of success um, and I'm sure a lot of people have had the opportunity to step away from non-league especially and think actually I know what is important and home life and family life is um, is is a lot of people's number one priority. Now Joe Parker is at National League Northside Leamington and he had to step away from football because of his mental health so I had a quick chat with him to find out more why he stepped away and how it's going for him now. 
So, Joe, obviously you you're now playing for Leamington, but you've you've had a tough time in football. You, you with your mental health, you had to step away. Just tell us a bit about your background and and what ultimately caused you to step away. Um, I think it was numerous things, really. I think the main thing for me was was COVID nineteen and the pandemic. Um, I've always been a bit of a bit of an overthinker and a bit of a overanalyze situations and obviously no one really knew what was happening with with COVID-19 at the time and I think a little bit of health anxiety um, around that caused a lot of panic within me um, especially going to like into a football environment where it's a bit of a a pressured environment should we say um, it kind of increased that those sort of emotions for me um, so yeah I ended up um, speaking to a few of the guys at Leamington and decided to step away for a bit and just take a bit of time out. And how was that for you? Was that was that a difficult decision to come to? Because we've seen it with footballers where they've let it fester and we, unfortunately we have seen some footballers who've taken re, uh, their own lives in recent months and, and years. And was, was that an easy decision for you then? Um, I wouldn't say an easy decision. I mean, I've struggled with my mental health Previously, when um, when I was released by Newport back years ago, I quite I, I struggled to kind of get my head around the concept, and I kind of struggled to get back into a footballing environment and working as well. It kind of I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I saw a psychologist down in Newport and um, uh, David Morgan, and they did a bit of um, neurofeedback and biofeedback. So I was kind of learning some techniques to help with my mental my mental health. Or, should I say anxiety? I wasn't really that bad. It was just kind of to help me to improve my performances. So I wasn't so anxious on the pitch at that time. Mm. Um, but obviously this time it was a little bit different because I was kind of panicking a lot more when I was at football. Um, and it wasn't until I think the captain, Jack, Jack Edwards, probably noticed it before anyone else. I kind of knew that I was struggling a bit, but I just wanted to kind of get on with it. But then it kind of got to a point where I was like, I can't... Um, I can't keep going through this. It was kind of getting a bit too much and I was I was losing weight. I wasn't thinking the right things when I was at football. I was very fogged in my vision. Um, so it was difficult, but I mean, I couldn't have been at a better club, I don't think, in terms of support, in terms of being, being able to open up about it. Um, obviously, I haven't been at the club that long, but mm. um, most, of the, most of the players there were very very welcoming and non-judgmental, should I say. When you say Jack Edwards noticed it, what, what was it he noticed that was different? Just that, I, just that I wasn't myself, I don't think. I think I, when my emotions become too much and I'm overthinking, I go into a bit of a shell and you can kind of see it, you can see it's written on my face a little bit and I think you could just tell that it, something was up with me. Um, and I did to an extent, like I wasn't playing playing the way that I know I, I probably should should have. Um, and it was all affected by sort of my thought processes and like the negativity in the world at the time. And obviously those negative thoughts can can spiral out of control if you kind of let it. And um, unfortunately, I, I wasn't able to control those at that time. Um, so yeah, I think obviously when, you, when you're panicking and you're in that situation as well at football, like you look on edge and I was a bit like closed up, I, I suppose, because normally I do try it. Well, 
I'm a bit louder normally, I would say. So fingers crossed this situation doesn't happen again, but if it does, do you think social media is a big part to play in this? And you know, when you're saying like there's a lot of negativity around, does, I suppose that doesn't help, does it? If you're logging onto social media and seeing all that and then it gets in your head, would you say that's something maybe uh, you don't go on social media or anything like that? Social media was definitely a massive part for me. I definitely, I got off it. I got off it completely for a while. Um, I'm a lot more aware of it now, so I, I don't go on it as much. I think for during the COVID, obviously the pandemic and not knowing stuff, I mean, social media was terrible then. Mm. It's not so much football related. It was more of like what was going on in the world. Like everywhere I was looking, it was like people are dying. Um, and those, those thoughts were just in my head all the time. And a lot of people can probably look at that and just switch off and then go back to their normal life. But I mean, I, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't at the time. So no, no, absolutely it, no. And I think it affected everyone like that really. Cause you, you just read so much of it and it, it does get on top of you, I suppose, yeah. doesn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it definitely does get on top of you. And I think if you're, if you're an overthinker as well, seeing those things can affect you. It affected me physically, I suppose, because I was having like panic attacks and stuff at, at football. Mm. So it affected me in a physical aspect, which obviously when I'm then trying to perform, really didn't help. So finally then, what, what advice would you give to any young footballer who is struggling at the minute? Oh, I'd definitely say reach out to, um, reach out to coaches or even just teammates. Um, a lot of people are going through the same things. And even, even now I spoke out about it, I've had a lot of, a lot of people get in contact with me that either because they're going through something similar or they've struggled in the past or they want to show their support. So think a lot of people will think that they're alone, especially in football, because it is a very, um, a ma- like a manly environment. You've got to, you've got to be the strong man and, mm. um, so it was it was difficult. I think I definitely think just speak out about it, especially to managers. People are a lot more aware of it than you you would imagine, and a lot more um, they know how to deal with the situations now. Especially with like uh, the PFA, I got a lot of help through Sport in Mind. Um, they got me counselling and CBT straight away, really. So that that was a massive help for me and a good tool for a lot of footballers, obviously that are joined up joined in with the, the PFA. And I'm sure there's other support as well out there that clubs know about, which they can support um, players with. It's interesting you say that about, obviously, football's quite a closed, manly environment then. I mean, do you think it's good then in a way that people are starting to open up a bit more in the changing room, showing their emotions and teammates are being more supportive of it? Because that wouldn't have happened, well, I was going to say five years ago, probably not even five years ago, would it? Um, No, I mean, when I, about nine years ago, when I started playing men's football, I definitely don't. I definitely wouldn't have spoke out about it then, because um, I would have. I would have thought I looked weak, and mm. it, I thought it would have gone against me and against my footballing, my my chance of playing. But I mean, I don't think it's like that. I don't think it's like that now. I think that's just sort of like a, um, what I kind of see it as. I think a lot of people do see it like that in a an environment when you're around like twenty two blokes and you're you're in a physical contact sport where people do get hurt and it's a very physical environment. I think it's very easy for people to think that, but yeah, definitely uh, people are a lot more aware of it and 
want to help and are very supportive, very supportive. And that is it. My thanks to Joel Parker, Ian Herring and Jeff Brazier. As always, there are a lot of mental health charities out there. So if you are feeling not great, do get in touch, reach out to people, speak to people. Until then, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you all very soon.